Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Alright, now joining me for a club update is Gito Llewellyn, who of course you may know from the Jackass or the Cromathen Journal. We're going to be talking about Swansea today. Obviously, not a very hot start to the season. Is it all down to just the, the absences that we've spoken about so many times? We, we talked on the Sunday show about managers that are on the hot seat, and I mentioned Guidel, and nobody else really picked up on it and, and discussed him at great length. Do you think he's on the hot seat at the moment? Yes, I do. Um, I, I'm not entirely surprised that nobody else is picking up on it, um, but I think it, that's got a lot to do with the fact that there are other, sort of, in inverted commas, crisis clubs um, who are more spectacularly rubbish than we are uh, in the sense that we're, we're, lo- we're still losing games narrowly, um, playing awful football, but l- only losing by a goal. Um, uh, whereas, you know, West Ham are shipping four every game. Stoke are shipping four every game. Um, you know, other, other clubs are having a tough, are, are shipping massive amounts of goals and looking blatantly terrible. Um, whereas Swansea are, really quite lucky in the fact that we're not getting hammered at the moment, but we are um, playing as badly as any team in this league. Um, there's just n- no shape, really. Nobody really seems to understand what's going on. Um, and whereas Guidelin certainly isn't to blame for everything that's gone on uh, at the club, um, we've spoken before about how terrible the summer was and how redirectionless really the transfer policy was. There was a a, dis- a major distraction with the takeover, etc. We lost really huge players very late on in the in the window. So that that all went on, and you can't really blame Guidelin for that. But uh, he doesn't seem to know really what's going on, and he he still doesn't seem like a good fit at the club. Um, last he you know the the second half of last season he kept us up in a very unspectacular way. Uh, we still didn't play very well, but we got but we got results somehow. Um, uh, and then there were maybe like tiny signs towards the end of the season that improvements are on the way. Um, he got given the job long term, but that still divided opinion massively among fans. A lot of people didn't think he should have been given the job. He had his supporters, but a lot of people were like me. I, I took a wait and see attitude. I was unconvinced, but hoping that. You know that 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 the uh, that that there were better times ahead. 
sadly, looking the way the season has started, I, I just can't see those better times coming. And the longer I wait for Guidelin to convince me that he's the right guy, the more I, I'm just running out of patience and, and you know, the, the more the realisation sets in that he just isn't the right guy and he is a poor fit. Yeah, obviously, uh, as we've already mentioned twice now, the replacements just didn't come in the summer. You did get uh, Premier League winning Nathan Dyer back uh, from his loan at Leicester. I was saying on our show that you should never have to really rely on him out on the wing, but because of the thinness of the squad, it looked like you were going to have to. Now he's out for a matter of months. How disruptive do you think that'll be for you? It's not really disruptive. I don't I don't think Dyer was going to be anything more than a sub and, and a poor sub at that. Dyer hasn't had a good game for Swansea in um, two years when you, you know, taking into account the, the Leicester um, loan spell last season when he was away from the club too. Um, he was an outstanding player and I, I, I still love Dyer because of what he's done in the past, but he is a shadow of, of his former self. Um, probably should have left in the summer. Um, probably should have dropped out of the championship if I'm honest. But um, for some reason, we gave him a four-year deal, which didn't make any kind of sense to me at all. Um, but you know, we 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 all thought, well, maybe Guidelin seeing something on the training ground that we're not seeing. You know, maybe he's come back from Leicester, and despite not having much football, he's picked up a lot of uh, uh, you know new great attributes from his time on loan at the Champions. But yeah, that that's just not the case. He's he's still pretty much the same player we uh, we had two years ago when he just didn't function and he looked awkward when he whenever he was on the ball, looked like he was trying too hard and nothing was coming off for him. It's the same thing again this season. The fact that he's out just means we've got one less desperate option off the bench. Um, but it does mean that we've only got three fit wingers and the quality of those wingers is debatable. Um so it it just adds really to the troubles that we have got and and it once again reduces the options available to Greedlin. Yeah, well apparently I misjudged the value that he might have to your squad. <laughs> uh, but somebody that I can't uh, overvalue too much at the moment because he's the one scoring the goals is Leroy Fair. Uh, before your match against Chelsea, I had gone on radio and, and said that you can't rely on Leroy Fair, that he's more of a luxury player. And then he goes and scores against Chelsea. Everybody kind of shoves that quote in my face. Uh, but I still kind of stand by that. What's your view been on Leroy Fair? Uh, I'm, I'm going to um, take an unusual step of defending Leroy Fair, um, which is something I, I, I do very rarely. I'm not <laughs> a big fan of Leroy Fair. I keep saying this. Um, I, I, I don't really... Well, I don't think we should have bought him in the summer, um, but but this season um, he's taking an awful lot of stick from some sections of of, of our support um, for perceived poor performances. Um, but I'll defend him on two fronts. One, like you said, he is the only one pre- uh, scoring. Um, he scored against Burnley. He scored uh, against Leicester, and he scored against Chelsea. The, the, he is our top scorer. Um, and that may be as good a reason as any to keep him in in, in the team. Uh, secondly, he has played, he has had some terrible performances this season. But it's a bit unfair of uh, it's a bit unfair to criticise um, for those because he is being played massively out of position. He's being played in more of a holding role uh, alongside Jack Cork, and Jack Cork um, hasn't started the season brilliantly either. He's he's 
you know, playing in his preferred position, really. Uh, and he's had quite a, a slow start the season. But Leroy Fair is finding it very difficult in that position. He's not a brilliant passer of the ball in the in terms of he does he doesn't keep the ball very well. Um, he's not really that ever present presence. Terribly worded that phrase, but he's not really that permanent presence in the midfield that you need uh, when you play in that position. He's not a Leon Britton who, for some unknown reason, is on the bench and can't get a, any game time at the moment, despite being still being our best midfielder. Um, he, he, so he's being played massively out of position. He looks like uh, he, he, he just looks like he doesn't belong in that position. He doesn't look comfortable in that position. It means that we're very, very weak in midfield. Um, but again, that's not his fault that he's being played out of position. My, my stance on uh, Leroy Fair is you either play him as a number 10 or you don't play him at all. That is the only position you can play him in. At the moment, Gilfie Sigerson is playing in that position. He's not playing particularly well in it. He's still getting over the Euros. Um, I, I wouldn't mind actually seeing Fair tried in that position. But the only problem is that would leave us without a um, set-piece Specialist. Well, you could put Gilfie on the left. He hated it when he was with us, but he can deputize there. He can, but we we, we lack pace as it is. Um, yeah. and, and if you put Gilfie Sousa on the wing, then you're taking even more pace out of a team which lacks it anyway. Uh, you have to keep Gilfie in the team just because of his uh, ability from set pieces. If we get a free kick 25 yards out from goal, he can score it and he can get you a goal when you really don't deserve it. Um, likewise, he can put a great delivery at the box, and you never know a player like Leroy Fair um, can get on the end of it. So, Gelfie Citizen has to stay in the team um, because of that. But then that poses the question: Where do you fit Leroy Fair in? Uh, I, I, even though he's been scoring, I think he, he should be on the bench and coming off um, to, when when we desperately need goals. Um, and I'd rather see a player who is more suited to that more defensive role played there and that will would at least help give us a foundation in midfield it could give it could give us our footing in midfield because at the moment we, we just don't have a presence in that area and we're being overrun as we were against Southampton over the weekend as we were against Chelsea as we were against Leicester um, that's one of the biggest problems we've got at the moment and Leroy Fair being played our position doesn't help it say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, I can definitely see that on the good news side. Uh, Borgia, who a uh, club record signing? Did he end up being? Yes, club record. Yeah, is it was on the bench at the weekend, 
uh, now looks like he's fit and ready to go. How do you foresee you using him in your current setup? Will he be paired with Lorente? Will you push him out wide maybe? What are your current thoughts on how he'll fit in tactically? I, th- I think he'll be played as a lone striker starting uh, as soon as he's fully fit. I, I don't know if he'll start against Manchester City um, but, but because he's, like you said, he, jo- he joined very late in the summer. He's had injury problems since then. So maybe they'll try to ease him into the first team. Um, and let's face it, playing against Man City, he's not going to get much of the ball, even if he does start. Um, but uh, he is the one great big hope that we've got. Um, you know, he he did very well. He's done very well in Spain. Um, his scoring record for playing for um, the lesser sides in, in uh, La Liga is impressive. Um, and, and we just need really for him to... Um, just give everybody a lift, if I'm honest. If, if he comes in and he starts scoring goals, there is something to get excited about. Llorente um, has taken a bit of criticism since he arrived, but again, I, I, he's been asked to play up front on his own. I don't think he was brought in to start games. I think he was brought in as a plan B when things weren't going right. Um, and we've been playing a style of football which doesn't really suit him so far this season. So he's had a tough time settling. I'd like to think that if Borja starts from now on, we can start playing the ball on the floor a bit more, um, but not just booting it forward or just crossing from deep uh, like we've done with Llorente. It's not our style. It doesn't really help us much. Um, and we need that strong focal point up front. We need something, uh, somebody to who, who can really give us uh, something to work around up front as well as something to aim for in terms of long ball, uh, long balls. Um, so hopefully um, he can put his injury problems behind him now. Hopefully he, can, he is fully fit and ready to make up for lost time. Um, I think we need him to start scoring goals quickly because um, obviously Llorente has me working from the start. But hoping also that with Borja fit, they'll take a bit of pressure off Llorente and who knows, he may ease up a little bit and um, find it a bit more comfortable when he does get game time. But Borja is the the, the one huge hope that we've got. Um, he really needs to score goals if we are to um, stay up this season. Yeah, um, mentioning if you can stay up this season, it does not look great, as you mentioned. You're, you're not losing with the flair that Sunderland and Stoke are at the moment. But it is a very real concern. Uh, both of our uh, good friends, Scott, who used to come on from the Swansea Way, uh, had a tweet earlier this week. He said to the effect, something to the effect of, he's more concerned about the future of the club, either financially or in other regards, than he is about the drop this season. Would you echo that sentiment? I absolutely 100% agree with Scott there, um, as I do on many, well, most things that he says, if I'm honest. Um I um, yeah I, I I I agree. I mean relegation is something that happens. I mean three three teams go down every um, every single season. I I think we've done brilliantly for a club of our size to stay up this long. Um, you know most clubs of our size definitely don't do that after getting promoted to the Premier League for the first time. Um, and you know a relegation is something that was always going to happen. Um, if if it happens this season, then then so be it. Really, in the long, long you know, long term grand scheme of things, um, obviously I prefer it if we did stay up. I'd love it if we stayed up, but relegation isn't something that we should fear massively. Um, I think really what 
where me and Scott are in agreement here is that what worries us more is just the erosion of the club's soul. Everything which was great about the club um, has disappeared in a very, very, very short space of time. Um, this magnificent ownership model that we had, which was the envy of uh, everybody, everybody wanted to be us. We were the model club. We were super smug about it too. Um, and suddenly we've, the, the old owners have upped sticks. They've sold to these new American owners and we don't really know what, what's in store with them. Um, the, but the playing budget has been too, um, too low. The, the, sorry, the, the, the um, uh, wage budget has been too large now for the last few years. And that's meant that we have had to slash um, quite badly this summer. That's meant that we've sold a lot of, a lot of key players. Again, this is something that has to happen when you've been in the Premier League for as long as us, but the summer just was so unorganized and, and so shambolic and directionless. There didn't seem to be a grand plan. There didn't seem to be any forward planning. And that's something that we've always been so good at. You know, whatever whatever players we've had to let go, there have been replacements lined up and we've just been able to, to, to go along like that. And the framework which was in place for that to happen seems to have disappeared. The style of football, which again was, was so brilliant, um, that's disappeared completely. We're a terrible team to watch by now. Um, and and not all, you know we're we're not the, the the worrying thing there is that we we weren't just playing fo- beautiful football because we were showing off or um or, or arrogant or anything like that. That was actually the style that best suited the players we had. And now we're playing a style which just for doesn't suit the players we have. Um, you know, losing a player like Ashley Williams, you lose a lot of the character at the club. Um, the 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 real stalwarts that have been here for so long, the, the likes of Gary Monk, the likes of Ashley Williams, they're slowly aging and moving on now, you know, of the team that took us up through the divisions. Who's left? We've got um, Angel Rangel and Leon Britton. Those are the only players that are left at the club who are with us in League Two and League One. Uh, I think I'm right to say everybody else has moved on. We've got one or two who are with us in the championship in Taylor. Um, Dyer's out injured, but he was there too. Um, apart from that, you know, I don't know. I, I, the, the great leadership and the, the, the cohesion that, that's been at the club over the last few years, it's it's gone on all levels. Um, and it is completely unrecognisable um, to the club that we were, that we I just loved watching for so many years at all levels, not just in the Premier League. You're talking League 2, League 1, Championship and Premier League. Um, so, yeah, to see that everything that was great about the club disappear so quickly, it is really worrying. And under the old owners, there was a feeling that, you know, no matter you know, no matter what happens, we're sustainably run and we we run well enough off the off the um off the pitch so that we don't really have to worry about that. Now we're unsure. Now we don't know what's going on. Um and it's 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 just really dispiriting. The mo- the mood around the club is is desperately low. It's as low as it's been since the the pre- since the previous owners took over when we were bottom of League Two and in financial despair. Um, it 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 really is as bad as it's been since then. Uh, and you're talking nearly fifteen years there. Um, so it's 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 a really bad place to be at the moment. The club, I don't think the players look to be enjoying it. The fans are, are, are miserable. Um, 
I've been told um, by quite reliable sources that the mood among staff at the club is quite is is quite poor. That they don't really know what's going on, and obviously they they're worried about the direction the club's going. So, on all fronts, really, it is a dis- it is just falling to pieces. And what was once a brilliant, brilliant club to support, and you know, you know, such a great club, you can really be proud of. Um, it's just going through a really hard time at the moment. I think it needs to rediscover its soul, or risk you know losing the beautiful connection that's been between club and, and supporters over the last fifteen years. If you had to put a percentage on it, what percentage of your current problems are down to the ownership change that took place this summer? <sighs> the current problems are most. Um, it's all tied in with that, you know. Um, the 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 fans were re- quite edgy about the takeover. That's contributed to unease amongst the fans. The takeovers really disrupted our transfer plans so that's a big reason why we we bought poorly and uh, in the summer and, and sold very poorly too um um i, I you know i i guess about 80 percent i'd say of the problems that we've got are down to the the takeover at the moment um there are still ones which are lingering but i i've got to say if if the boat hadn't been rocked um I can't see that how we would have been in such a bad position this year. Fair enough. Any final thoughts? Um, we've got Manchester City coming up over the weekend, so um, things can only get better. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, well, one of the big concerns is that we've got tough fixtures coming up. We've got a double-header cup and league against Manchester City. That could be uh, a cricket score. Um, we've then got uh, Liverpool, I believe, uh, at home. They're brilliant at the moment they they could really tear us to pieces uh and then we go away to arsenal um and arsenal is actually the great big hope because we tend to win against arsenal or at least get a draw even when we're playing re- uh, poorly so that that's what we're pinning our hopes on at the moment um but realistically at the end of this run of fixtures we we could be in a very poor position a couple of the other struggling teams could would probably have turned it around uh, a little bit at least and I think by that point, people will start realizing um, what kind of situation we're in at the moment. Um, and, and I don't think we're going to be under the radar for long, unfortunately. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything you'd like to plug or want to tell people where to reach you? Yes, you can reach me at Gitoslewelen on Twitter. Uh, also, keep an eye out on the Jackcast's Twitter account at the Jackcast. Uh, we will be recording tonight, uh, and uh, that should be a really fiery one, I think, um, after what happened at Southampton and with Manchester City coming up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Mm-hmm.